Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes in the Mize. My name is John. That's Ian. Hello. It is episode 89, Core Workout 2019. <laughs> okay. Cuz you got to you have to have a you have to have a strong core, you know, when you're working out, you know. I mean, it strong. does it does help your back out. It's very true. Uh, so we're going to talk about core 19 previews because we didn't get a chance to talk about those last week. Uh, and Forever. if you were following me on Twitter this past <laughs> for this past weekend, you would know that I was at a RPTQ and Ian was at uh, the Canadian Highlander event over at Mox Boarding House. Uh, Ian, how'd you do? Uh, eh, I went 2-3-1. Uh, it was... I don't know. I, I don't think I played poorly. I just... Didn't draw well. Variants yeah. got me as usual. The games I did win, like my deck cooked off. Like I did its, I, my deck did its thing. Just kind mid range. Um, funnily enough, actually, just want to talk about this. Just a brief, quick sec. Um, apparently, the Canadians and Jeskai was apparently the most popular deck in the room. A bunch of the Canadian contingent coming down from uh, Victoria did bring a more control slanted version of the mm-hmm. Jeskai deck, but they told me that their secret tech. Was because I was I told him like yeah I always seem to die to my mana base sometimes I'll just miss out on the double pips like yeah well our tech was that we literally took all the double red pips out and basically all the double white pips Ooh. spells so the only double pip spells they had were blue I think there was one or two exceptions to that I think it was like a white spell sure. maybe council's judgment specifically just to deal with a uh, true name but yeah they're packing like their seven points were, like or they really have like all. Th- uh, ancestral and dig treasure cruise and i want to say mana drain were their points yeah so not bad sense. yeah it was a pretty good deck um also randy bueller was on the deck so yeah y- you can't really go wrong with picking the right archetype he had a more aggro slanted list i think like his he, he had playing a lot uh, mox yeah he was playing a mox sapphire yeah he i think eschewed the ancestral package but also didn't play strip mine mm. he did have the stoneforge gta combo and i think he played i don't think he played true name he might have played true name mm. i don't remember exactly Anyways. what his list was i'll put links to we'll put links in the thing for that but yeah it's pretty fun um mine's just kind of a box standard list it was i just wanted to get it. it was like my last event out and then we went and celebrated one of our friend's birthdays with some people nice. we went and got katsu burger which is like a japanese like fried burger so it was a wagyu beef like fried mm-hmm. and then we had a salt and straw which is a portland ice cream place but they have one in seattle and it's like amazing ice cream just look it up salt and straw if you're ever in nice. seattle portland san francisco or san diego go get mm-hmm. ice cream from them it's good oh yeah so john i know um you mentioned you were at the rptq we're yes barely going to touch on that right here because next week i am traveling across the country in a move and because of that and my un- uh, i'll be with family that day uh, on fourth of july for recording that we usually do it um you'll probably do it on the third i think is what you're saying uh well we're figuring that out but anyway john's going to be recording an rptq breakdown next week with his buddies that they went to texas for the RPTQ. Yeah, so, so you've you've met Vinny before. He's uh, been on the podcast previously talking about standard and deck building. And then we'll also have our third member, Doug Harrelson, uh, who's a Pro Tour competitor. Um, and we, the three of us went all down to Texas. Um, spoiler alert, we went four and three. If we had qualified for the Pro Tour, you would have heard the end of it for me. 
Um, <laughs> it would it would have it would have led the it would have led the show. Yeah, I would have, I would have been very excited. Um, the TLDR is um, we're bummed, but we're not upset. Um, I mean, hey, obviously Mr. we would prefer Mr. Individual seven and zero record. No, the team went four and three, and that's the only record that matters. That's true, um, but I want I do want to give you props on your seven and zero. Good work. Yeah, on that so play. I. I did end up um, going seven and zero in my individual matches. Um, it was great that the organizers made sure that we always uh, had at least one win under our belts for every round. Uh, that was nice. But we'll go into more details about it as well as the kind of the prep for it uh, next week. So this week we're going to talk about core nineteen previews, and I think we can only start with one place, and that's Nickelball. Nickelball. Yeah, so Nicol Bolas was one of the first cars we saw at a Core 19, if not the first. Uh, he uh, is the only... Yeah, I want to say it was like one of the first ones, and it was unveiled at GP Vegas. Yep. He is a uh, he's the only double-faced card in the entire set, because he's not going to share a double-faced sheet with anyone, really. He Possibly shared it with who, Ugin. Well, apparently Ugin was a late add into the story, but... Eh, whatever. Regardless, Nicobolus the Ravager is one blue, black, red for a 4-4 mythic legendary creature elder dragon. He has flying, as many dragons do. He, it says, when Nicobolus the Ravager enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card, and then has an activated ability of a 4 blue, black, red. Exile Nicobolus, then return him to the battlefield, un- transformed under his owner's control. Activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery, and he turns into Nicobolus the Arisen. Ian, what does Nicobolus the Arisen do? So, on the flip side, you get your standard Nicky B with seven loyalty. I mean, so far he's basically come in with seven loyalty every time, right? I believe so. Seven mana, seven, seven mana, seven loyalty seems like the usual for him. Anyway, he starts at seven. He's got four. Yes, count him four abilities. He has a plus two of draw two cards. So he goes to nine this thing. Not bad. Uh, you has a minus three. Nickel Bolas the Arisen deals 10 damage to target creature or planeswalker. So just chunks a massive amount of damage out of somebody. Uh, minus four, put target creature or planeswalker card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. I think we've, that's something we've seen for similar cards, maybe. Anyway, minus 12, the uh, ultimate, quote unquote. Exile all but the t- bottom card of target player's library. So they have two turns to try to win the game. Basically, you plus two them to nine, plus two them to t- 11, plus two them to 13, minus 12 them. Yeah. And for the record, uh, the other two Nickel Bolas Planeswalker cards, not counting uh, the Planeswalker deck Bolas from our devastation, uh, Nickel Bolas Planeswalker is eight mana with a five loyalty okay. Planeswalker. Whereas Nicobolus God Pharaoh is a, is a seven mana planeswalker with seven starting loyalty. That's it. Yeah, he just does a little bit more damage for less loyalty. Uh, also, because um, Nicobolus God Pharaoh does uh, Nicobolus God seven Pharaoh damage for can four. only hit. It's seven damage, and it can only and it can. But se- this seven damage can hit players. Well, yeah, and this is a change, obviously, as well with redirection rules too before like you well, know yeah, when Godfrey yeah. so, was printed like, you know he could hit yeah, seven yeah, yeah. damage to a planeswalker but not anymore which well, i honestly well, so nickel nickel god pharaoh deals seven damage to target opponent a creature and opponent controls or a planeswalker and opponent controls so he can hit everything 
Oh, right. Yeah, reduction Because the targeting rules got changed later, so... Right, so, I mean, kind of... Nicol Bowles can hit anything, flavor, but regardless... Flavor-wise, it seems to fit. I mean, Nicol Bowles' plus two is a blue ability, his minus three is a red ability, his minus four is a black ability, and his minus twelve... Now that fits within Grixis' abilities. Yep. <laughs> uh, and also, he's not the only Planeswalker in the set, because we're going to talk about a few others, uh, including... Uh, we have another Ajani. We have Ajani, Adversary of Tyrants. Uh, Ajani is two white-white for a four-loyalty legendary planeswalker Ajani. He's a mythic, uh, like all planeswalkers are. He has a plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. Nice. Has a minus two of return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And a minus seven that says you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your instep, create three one-one white cat creature tokens with lifelink. Make all the he cats. He does a lot of things. Pump all the cats. Make make a bunch of kitties. That's you. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it's it's going to be pretty ridiculously good. I, I mean, I, I can see him. I mean, I know the, the standard thing goes, you know, EDH, playable, whatever the hell. Um. Like that's Johnny's gonna get slammed right into any cat mander deck like Arabo. Just get in there, like mm. put counters on there. You, you're gonna be running some cheap cat creatures and stuff. Get them back. Yeah, and that uh, emblem is just dumb with some of the cat lords. Yeah, the emblem is gonna be real crazy, especially in like standard because it happens at the end of your turn. You just you know get to make cats and you just continuously get them more and more reminds me a lot of, of liliana the last hopes ultimate obviously this it, one doesn't snowball as heavily as hers does and yeah um, they, they might die quote unquote to chain whirler but they literally just come right back yep yeah. uh and then also i did like mark rosewater's article about ajani where you know his minus two actually does protect him a little bit it just uses other cards that are usually, like, you play a two-drop on turn two, your opponent kills it with something like a lightning strike or a fatal push, play a Johnny, bring the two-drop back, and now suddenly your opponent has two cards to worry about instead okay. of just the one they had to worry about what's earlier. The, uh, what's the knight? The, uh, the knight of glory? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Two-mana, two-two, first striker. What up? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, a Johnny... There is a uh, there's a enchantment that uh, everyone and by everyone I mean Ian sent to me asking me if this goes in Soul Sisters and the answer is probably yes, uh, it, which is Ajani's welcome. Ian, what does uh, Ajani's hello do? Hi. Uh, well, first of all, the art's amazing, and Eric Deschamps did a actual like kind of step by step like how he made it. So go check his Twitter out for that. It's PDs. Anyway, Johnny's welcome. White one pip enchantment. At uncommon, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain one life. Plain and simple. As a reminder, the Soul Sisters deck is based around a Soul Warden and Soul's Attendant. I believe are the names of the cards. Yes. They are both white mana for one ones that say whenever a creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life. Yeah, so literally, uh, this has the same. It has the Soul the Soul Sisters text, but it's an enchantment instead. So kind of a little more resilient. Than the, the yeah. Soul Warden things, because, you know, you can just wipe out the Soul Warden deck and kill all your cards, and now all of a sudden you're just like, well, now i got to rebuild. If you stick a Johnny's Welcome on one and then start ch- turning out your creatures, even through board wipes, you should be fine. And at yeah. least to buoy your life total a little bit. Oh, yeah. Now, enchantments tend to be pretty sticky. Uh, you know, you can play them and not worry about them too much. 
Uh, artifacts a little less sticky, and creatures, depending on, you know, what the creature is, looking at you, Hazaret, or Scary G. Uh, but we have a new board white being printed in Core 19, which is Cleansing Nova, which is surprisingly actually the first time that we've seen this type of card uh, be printed in a long time. It is three white white for a rare sorcery. It says choose one, destroy all creatures, or destroy all artifacts and enchantments. So was it la- the last modular board wipe we got was what, Cruxifate? Uh I believe so. It was like the destroy all dragons or destroy all non dragons. Mm-hmm. And which is like three black black. Uh it was yeah, same mana cost, three black black. I love that card. That was great, but that card was fun. This art is also amazing, Noah Bradley, so says it all. But yeah, uh, I think this is definitely interesting. Uh cyborg card for sure. It's probably main deckable, honestly. Probably like one. It, pro- it'll probably be modular. Like they'll probably play like, one of these in the main. So at least, uh, I'm thinking that once Fumigate leaves, Cleansing Nova is going to take up main deck spots. Oh and it's yeah. going to make artifacts and enchantments a lot harder to kind of main deck. Uh, because the big thing is, I think this is got this could also see play as like a, a one top end deck and like a white aggro or white mid range deck. Because right now, if you look at all the blue white control decks. A lot of their removal are things like Ixalan's Binding, Cast Outs, and Enchantment-based removal. Oh, this is Nova, a good answer for like, getting rid of all that. Okay. You just go Cleansing Nova, destroy all artifacts and enchantments, get all your things back. Cleansing Nova also deals with vehicles. It deals with artifact creatures. Well, it deals with a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, we have, we have a short window where it'll deal with vehicles. That's actually a really nice clean answer, actually. Yeah. Okay, this actually might see more. Okay, I, I correct. I stand corrected. This is probably this will probably see maybe a two of because I mean you also still have settle the wreckage too, which is not bad. But you'll, you'll yeah, definitely but settle the settle sol- play, solves different problems. Well, right, you'll want to play a balance between this fumigate and settle the wreckage is what I was getting. Yeah. At. Like you have and then you once have fumigate multiple, leaves, yeah, and then it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll shift more towards cleansing nova and rather than settle the wreckage. Yeah. Uh, also, um, this is basically like a one mana cheaper ish, um, austere command, which, uh, for those of you who don't know, is four white, white for a sorcery. It's originally from, uh, Shed, Lor- uh, Lorwin. Yeah, Lorwin. Lorwin. That's where the command cycle came from. And it's choose two, uh, destroy all creatures of CMC three or less, destroy all creatures of CMC four or more, which is kind of that first mode of cleansing Nova. And then destroy all enchantments or destroy all all artifacts, which is the other two modes of combined for Cleansing Nova, which I think is also kind of interesting. Yeah. Where you have this modular card that's basically one mana cheaper than um, Austere Command, but Austere Command can also like modulate things. Yeah, you, you lose a little bit of your modular ability for one less mana cost, and I think that's fine. It's it's still yeah. they're both sorceries. You're, it's whatever you're going to play it. If you get this in limited, it's a great way to help you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I don't think it's gonna be a first pick, but if you're in white and you get this like pick two or three, like abs- it's a wrath. Wraths are pretty good. All right, I'll I'll stick with I'll let I'll let you go, limited master. I'll <laughs> listen to you on this one. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, masters, there's a lot of people who I've seen kind of refer to the corset as the return of hate, and my. God, are there some hate no, cards? In dude, one, talk about, dude, the one mana hate cards are stupid in this deck. We're gonna talk. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna talk about a few of them. But the first one on our list is isolate. Uh, Ian, what does isolate do? So isolate's a white mana. So one pip again uh, for an instant. It's rare. Exile target permanent with converted mana cost of one. Plain and simple, clean. Deal with something that's one mana. Go. 
Yeah, there's so many things. Um, like from go back, going back to like the older older formats, like Deathrite Shaman is a big one. Goblin Guide. Um, what hey, else? Get rid of uh, Vile. Ether Vile. Yeah. Uh, uh, Death, Death Shadow. Shadow uh, Glistener Elf. Why uh, hate Soul them? Ring. Yeah. Um, they're they're just just look up a lot of cards that are you know CMC one and isolate hits it if it's a permanent. Yeah. It's it's a good card and is going to see play at least cyborg for sure. Oh in yeah, many a format. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, uh, fun fun isolate fact uh, because it says target permanent. Uh, normally, you'll see effects like this say non land permanent. Uh, but for example, Adanto, the first fort, the uh, reverse side of Legion's oh, Landing it has it, CMC it? one, and it hit it hits Adanto the first fort. Oh, it hits Delver. It also hits Delver and Insectile Aberration. There's a lot of things that Isolate hits, and again, this isn't a card that's going to be main deckable because it is incredibly narrow. Like the narrowness of this card, it, it's almost impossible for Wizards to print a more narrow card than Isolate. All right, so I'm pretty sure the art looks Selesnian, right? Yes. Okay, so the flavor text in this, I just have to read it because it's so delicious. Um, threefold were his crimes, double were his pleas, singular was his fate. Nice. It's so good. Yeah, next is a card that I put on here because it's one of the FNM promos. Uh, it is Militia. Oh, I, I, I was like, why? Why? And then, like, uh, so I'm looking at Mythic Spoiler. I mouse yeah, over. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Because if you mouse yeah, over yeah. it on Mythic Spoiler, it shows the FNM alternate version. Yeah, yeah. Militia Builder is one of the FNM promos. It is two and a white for a 2 3 vigilant human soldier at Uncommon. It says, when he enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card with power two or less from among them, put it into your hand, and put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So the reason why I put this on the list is I think that this is the best, worst recruiter effect they've ever printed. And what I mean by that, uh, recruiter being recruiter the guard or recruiter uh, or imperial recruiter, uh, both of which say, you know, when there's the battlefield, search your library for uh, X of power or toughness, a creature with power or toughness, two or less, and reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. Uh, And as we'll get to a little bit later, once we hit the green cards... Uh, there was a very concerted effort on R&D's part to make sure that there was as little shuffling going on in the course as possible. And so the Bugler only l- looks through the top four cards of your deck. Or as Ethan Fleischer put it, impulsing. Yeah, impulsing. Based off the one in a blue uh, in- instant f- uh, from many a set, most recently yep. seen in Battlebond. Uh, look at the top four cards of your library, put one of them in your hand, put the rest on the bottom in any order. Yeah. Uh, but Militia Bugler makes up for only looking through the top four cards of your deck by being a very efficient body as a three mana two three vigilance. Yeah, usually getting a three butt is pretty big in terms of yeah. um. At, so I say I, you know three not might sound good. I say when I say it's big, quote unquote, is more of it won't trade down easily. Like you'll, yeah, they'll, they, they, yeah, they might have like a one a three one. You know, Resco Swift Claw, which I believe is in the set. It is. Okay. But um, you'll also see, like, a lot of the time you'll see these, like, two and a pip uh, creatures with a with an ETB, like Reclamation Stage, which is a reprint in green, which is two to green for a 2-1 elf at Uncommon that when it comes into play, it naturalizes something. But yeah, so it's it's a, it's a, it's a X1, which means it can get blocked yeah. by it. It'll die to a, X, a token. And this one... A lot of those, yeah, they'll, they'll be two ones, but this is a 2-3 with an ability... 
with in addition the keywords, to being able to find more things. Yeah, it's going to be pretty freaking rad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can definitely see people who enjoy soldier, um, soldier flavored soldier EDH decks. They'll they'll just slam this card in there because a lot of soldiers are going to be two power. I mean, just look what we got in standard right now. Uh, what's it called? Uh, he's not. Yeah, you know, he's a knight, isn't? Yeah, he's a knight. The uh, which sergeant arms? Yes. No, sergeant arms is, is a soldier. I no, say. I'm saying, but he's a two three. Yeah, yeah, he's a two three. So you can get yeah. him. You can get him, and then have him ready to go for his kick value too. Yeah, especially if you have later plays. Speaking of two power creatures, the hate just rolls on because remorseful cleric. Uh, was also printed here in Court 19. And uh, we know someone who doesn't like this card already. And uh, her name's Erin Campbell. Uh, <laughs> Ian, what does Remorseful Cleric do? Remorseful Cleric's a one and a white. Two one, again, with the hateful X one. Uh, creature Spirit Cleric at rare with flying with a ability. Sacrifice Remorseful Cleric. Exile all cards from target player's graveyard. Yeah. Hate bears. Hate bears. There's so much. I mean, technically, hate. this is a hate piker, but whatever. It's, it flies. It's, it's, it's a, like selfless spirit. It's a flying hate piker, but yeah, whatever. It's the, I know, blue white, or what's it, Bant Spirits? Mm-hmm. Get in the sideboard. Like, just slam this in the sideboard. Just put it in the main deck. I mean, it's fighting for main deck slots, I think. I mean, sure. maybe like a one of the there's main also deck. the there's also a spirit lord in the set. It's a one of the blue one three flyer that gives your other spirits plus one plus one. Exactly, which that deck desperately needed. Yeah, because um, before they were playing a phantasmal image to copy their drog skull captains, which mm-hmm. you know you lose your captain if they just point you know a stiff wind at your phantasmal image. Uh, no, actually, that's not how that works because drog skull captain gives all your other spirits hexproof. <laughs> Which is why that combo was so efficient. Oh. Yeah, yeah. people people apparently were still saying they're gonna play the other lord over the image, yeah. maybe. Which I'll trust sense. I'll trust the spirit players on that one. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that hexproof thing. God, hexproof was such a weird mechanic. The drug soul captain is the weird card here. It's not it's not it's not the hexproof mechanic. Wasn't that like uncommon too? Uh image? Drug skull or captain. Drug captain. Captain was uncommon, yeah, because that was a cycle during Dark Ascension. Each of the tribes got a gold uncommon lore. They were all pushed. That That's just... Okay. Art's cool one. Anyway. Uh, next card is a card that I am, I hate. I hate this card. Ian? Ian? Yeah, John. I hate this card. I know, John. What does it do? <sighs> it's a part of a, it's anything. a part of a cycle. So, Shield Mare. One, <laughs> one white, white for a 2-3 horse. Uh, shield mare can't be blocked by red creatures. When shield mare enters the battlefield or becomes the target of a spell or ability in opponent controls, you gain three life. There are so many things I hate about this card. Hey, mono Let me red. Count, le- <laughs> hey, mono red. Get effed. <laughs> Let me count the ways. One, can't it's be blocked an, by it's, one, it has two power. Two, it has three toughness. Three, I can't block it. Not that I was going to be blocking it anyways. Four, it gains life when it enters the battlefield. Five, it gains life if I target it by a spell. It's six, it gains life if it targeted by an ability. This card's dumb. I hate this card. Yeah, it's great. Play it. <laughs> John, the worst part is right. that uh, for like Earthshaker Kenra, 
So like I play Earthshaker Kenra, I target Shieldmare, so Shieldmare can't block Kenra, they gain three life. Mm-hmm. Then I eternalize it. If I target Shieldmare, they gain three life again. It's like <laughs> Literally just negating everything you did. <sighs> also, so anyway, John, what's what's our next card do, Exclusion Mage? Exclusion Mage is uh, a card that uh, is basically a reworked uh, mana war. Because there's always new mana wars coming out every so every set so often. In Dominari, we saw Academy Journey Mage. Exclusion Mage, however, is quite literally mana war, except it's a human wizard. It's two and a blue for a two, two at uncommon now, not common. And it says when Exclusion Mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. It just also happens to be a human wizard. Look, dude, Separatist Void Mage was a good card, and that was a four mana mana war. Yeah. And like, this common. is this is literally mana war. If you if you're in draft, like seriously, this is a good card. <laughs> I put this more on the list because um it's a wizard. You know what tribe is like kind of fringe right now in standard? You know what kind of tribe is kind of fringe in modern? I don't think this is seen play in modern for oh, whatever, John. Just, just let me have this one. No, but I'll also, actually say no, but actually put, can... I've seen people like talk about busting a Grixis Wizards deck in modern, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But like being able to be able to go like turn two Naban into turn three Exclusion Mage, bounce both your dudes. Oh my god! <laughs> and then you follow it with Panharmonicon, and then you play another Exclusion Mage, bouncing three dudes. It, it's it. Yeah. And then Adelie's <sighs> pumps them all. Yeah, and you're, yeah, in, that, and you're in that red blue color anyway. You got it. Uh, next card is one with the machine. Uh, now I put this on the list not because of what the card does, which, by the way, it's two. It's three and a blue for a rare sorcery. Uh, you draw cards equal to the highest converted mana cost among artifacts you control. So, Brea uh, Commander players, what up? Yep, it's also very similar to um, uh, what's the name of the card? Uh, it's four. It's four and a blue sorcery from Scourge. Rush of Knowledge. You, your Rush of Knowledge, where you draw cards equal to the largest, highest CMC you control. Um, but well, I put one, one with the machine on because of its flavor text. Uh, and we were watching uh, Ma- or, um, Magic Mike's earlier, and they're talking about the new Tezzeret, which we were going to get to next. And there's some confusion about Tezzeret's final ability. And actually, as, a, as we'll just go ahead and mention what Tez does real quick. Uh, he, he's three blue blue for a five loyalty Planeswalker. He's a legendary Planeswalker Tezzeret at Mythic. His plus one is create a one one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying. His zero ability is draw a card, and if you control three or more artifacts, you draw two cards instead. And his minus nine is you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. Search your library for a permanent card and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library, which is literally the effect of the planar bridge from Aether Revolt. But the flavor text of one with the machine says, when I grafted the planar bridge into myself, I felt my planeswalker spark flare beyond my body. The multiverse was my plaything. It felt incredible. So attributed to Tezzeret. I'm curious if, like story-wise, he'll maybe try to f- pick a thing with Bolas, but we don't know what kind of deals he's got with Bolas. But apparently, Tezzeret's history with Bolas is a little he gets suspect. he gets slapped around by Bolas a little bit. He's kind of the the gopher boy. He for... is the gopher. That's true. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. But anyway, Tezzeret looks pretty sweet as it is as a card. I mean, so I'm not so hot on him. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's great. I'm just saying I like his abilities. It's a pretty sweet design. His abilities are all really good. Like drawing cards for a zero, sure. 
His ultimate is going to be very, very powerful, like if you build around it in the right ways. And his plus one does make an artifact creature, and it, but my issue is it makes it one, one, one. One. I mean, Not put, like, put it into Thopter Mom. Put it into Brea. Brea loves eating I'm, those Thopters, bro. No, no, I'm, I'm sure. Commander, whatever. She, he's going to be good. Standard, standard, eh. I'm talking about standard. Like, there's eh. a lot of people who are hyping up, like, curving Karn into Tezzeret, you know? Eh. Like, you go Karn minus two on four next turn. Karn minus two, Tezzeret plus one. You're doing then you've it. Got, then just, you've got, what? Two three threes and a two one one. Yeah, but that defends better. That defends better than a one one does. Mm. Granted, yeah, that's why. Yeah, whatever. So he's not, and he goes up to six, which is which is not a small number. But I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I, I don't understand the hype personally. I mean, his, his ultimate is pretty freaking brutal if you can and, cook yes, that off. But the problem yeah, is you got to cook it off. And yes, his zero is, you know, like draw multiple cards. And sure, there are very few cards in, in all, all fear of few planeswalker cards who draw, who draw multiple cards at a non negative ability. Very few. Uh, Nicobolus Arisen does do that, but Nicobolus Arisen also involves a four mana investment and then later in the game, a seven mana investment, both at sorcery speed. So there's a it's a little different there, but I'm I'm not sold. Yeah. Either way, it, he doesn't he doesn't impress me. That's fair. I mean, it's Tezzeret. He never impresses anybody. Oh. Sure. Now, hey, there was a there was a blue card we actually didn't put on the list that I just want to mention. Sure. As an awesome reprint. Yeah. Go for Omniscience. It. Yeah, that's true. Omniscience is back. I mean, yeah. Granted, it wasn't. It's probably not going to see standard play. There, There is some really crazy mythic um, shenaniganery you can do with another card I don't think we had on the list called Apex of Power, which is also an, yeah. a 10 mana card. So the thing is, Apex of Power, 7, red, 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 sorcery, exile top 7 cards of your library until end of turn you may cast non-land cards, exile this way. If this spell is cast from hand, add 10 mana of any one color. You cast Apex of Power for 10. You flip seven cards. Omniscience is in there. You then get omniscience, and then you start casting things from your hand without paying their mana cost. Granted, you can't sure. touch any of the cards that were exiled, but it's shenanigans. I just wanted to mention because it's cheeky. Do, 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 do. Plus, it's a welcome reprint. Yes, that too. There's actually a couple uh, really nice reprints in the set for uh, for older formats. Which, Did we, uh, even, we didn't even put Scapeshift on here. Yeah, Scapeshift's we, back, by the way. Yeah, Scapeshift is back. That's a card that could actually see play in standard, depending on the lands that are happening. So, uh, scape, but, by the way, but it's a great reprint now just because of play, but also value. Uh, original Scapeshift was, I think it was up to 65. No, it was 65 bucks. Yep. This dropped it back down to like 25, 30. But it had the add-on effect of Valakut going from an $8 card to a $22 card. So, eh. Either way, Scapeshift players are happy because it's got some great new art with some excellent flavor text from Ixalan uh, mm-hmm. by Malcolm, the navigator of, of Raska's ship, the Belligerent. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. It's great art. I just had to mention a couple of those. We're going to mention some other ones as well, but those are just some 
cool reprints I want to talk about real quick. Anyway, next card, Death Baron. John, why is it here? Uh, Death Baron's here, uh, A, because uh, it's one black black for a 2-2 zombie wizard at rare that says skeletons you control and other zombies get plus one plus one in death touch. Uh, because A, this is its only reprinting uh, since its original printing during Shards of Alara block. It is also one of the uh, convention promos. I believe they were handing these out at GP Vegas. Yeah, it was for Turbo Town events, I think. There was some weird... It was like basically... So, I think you have to follow the Wizards Twitter account for certain GPs and they'll announce certain side events. I know at Vegas they gave it out for specific side event pairings only. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Also, it's on here... Uh, not just because of zombies, because of uh, Liliana, which uh, we are going to talk about later, as well as a few other zombies that are in the set that kind of, are kind of trying to give them one more little push uh, with Amonkhet rotating out here come the fall. But also Death Baron was a pretty popular casual card because of all the tribes in Magic, players love zombies. They love dragons. They love goblins. They love zombies. They love elves. They love soldiers. They love dragons. They reprinted a fifteen dollar card. Like there you yeah. go. Like yeah. it's it's a great casual card. It's glad's back. It's got a boss new uh, what's it called? Alt art for it, which is the full art with the like blanked out um text box. So yeah. it looks it looks ri- ridiculously cool. So if zombies are your jam, you got yourself another lord reprints. But speaking, like you can spice it out. Go for it. Speaking of zombies. Zombles? Graveyard Marshal. Good Ian, Lord. what does the Marshal do? So, he is black-black. It's a 2CMC. Mm-hmm. He's a 3-2 for 2. Pretty mm-hmm. good stats on the front end. Creature, Zombie Soldier. Okay. For, for 2 and a black, exile a creature card from your graveyard. Create a tapped 2-2 black zombie creature token. Hmm. Well then. Yep. That is an efficient body, and it makes zombies. I don't I mean, see the problem here. <laughs> yeah, especially if you're looking, if you're playing a kind of deck that wants to dump its graveyard, and you know you don't. It's an alternate way to to not worry about recurring things mm-hmm. around if you want it. Plus, um, oh god, what's that card from? What's it called? Uh, uh the new Innistrad. The uh the one that you can cast from exile. Oh, um Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I know uh, Eternal Scourge. Yeah, Eternal Scourge. I mean you can just like bop Eternal Scourge, cast Eternal Scourge, you know, suicide it in, put it in the graveyard, exile it. It's some shenanigans to walk through, but Sure. There's some synergy there. But I mean, yeah, if you're playing a game and stuff like that and you just have incidental mill to, you know, beef some stuff up. Sure, whatever. It's an efficient body. Oh, yeah. It's very good at what it does. Yep. Plus, you pair it with a lord. Now you're cooking with gas. Also true. Like Death Baron. Yeah. But, John, so we mentioned some hate, right? Yeah, the hate keeps on rolling. Um, how how hateful is this next card? Oh, man. So, uh, the best name I've heard for this is uh, Squiggles to Plowshares. Uh, <laughs> it is Infernal Reckoning. It is black for a rare instant. It says exile target colorless creature. You gain life equal to its power. 
Uh, so it's literally a reverse source of plowshares, where swords is, you know, white instant exile a creature. Its controller gains life equal to its power. Uh, here on the instead, you gain life equal to its power. So it's one mana, gain four life off of exiling a thought not seer. Or if your opponent Ulamogs you, you know, one mana, get rid of it, gain ten. By the way, just for side note for the kids at home, notice does not hit Emrakul. It hits neither Emrakul, actually. Exactly. One has protection from instants, the other has protection from colored spells. That's why I just said Emrakul. <laughs> That's why I said, I said, I said really it doesn't hit Emrakul, period. It is really funny that it doesn't. It's more important that it hits things like Ulamog. Uh, sure, you still have to 2-4 on yourself to hit something like a uh, Reality Smasher. Uh, also relevant, it hits uh, non-colored artifact creatures, so you can hit... A Scrap Heap Scrounger in Standard, you can hit, or you can try to hit, a Archmod Ravager in Modern. Um, so, yeah, I want to. I kind of want to mention something on the side with this one. Uh, a pro, Arlax, mentioned something that, this being a core set, they, he was kind of confused as to why it didn't say exile, exile Target Colorless or Artifact Creature. Because there are some people who, with a core set being what it is, might not grok the fact that an artifact is, in fact, a color considered colorless by this uh, clause. Well, I it's, think they didn't do it so that, like, I guess so that, like, Torrential Gearhulk could still be pretty good for the next three months, or things like that, Inverterous Gearhulk or whatever. That is I true, because the colored ones do, it do, does come into play with some of those colored ones. That makes a little yeah. bit of sense. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just a weird, like, little loophole, but, or it... Uh, I think they wanted this to be as clean as possible, and adding target colorless creature or artifact creature would make it a little. I mean, you could put some, yeah, you could put some reminder text like non-colored artifact creatures yeah. are colorless or something like that. Yeah, whatever. It's either not way, a huge deal, I don't think. Yeah, either way, it's a, like it's going in modern sideboards. Absolutely, yeah. like it's just amazing against Tron. Probably going in legacy sideboards, honestly. Maybe even vintage ones. You know, shops shops is a deck out there. So that is true. And one black mana is very easy to cast. Oh yeah, which is what you need, really need to evaluate when it comes to those kind of cards. Anyway, like you need mana efficiency in some of those older formats. Otherwise, it won't play. Like if it was one in a black, you don't. Yeah, you probably wouldn't see play. Yeah. Next, Liliana, untouched by death. Ian, what does she do again? So, besides being untouched by death, well, uh, she's two black black for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Liliana at Mythic, of course. Uh, she has plus one. Put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie card, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Minus two. Target creature gains gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of zombies you control. Minus three. You may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. So, she doesn't necessarily protect herself, which is weird. She also, all of her abilities are fair play the turn she comes down. Uh, not unlike uh, Gideon Ally of Zendikar did. However, Gideon's minus four, which he started the four loyalty, created an emblem that just stuck around. Yeah. But I wouldn't even call her minus three an ultimate, personally. There, no, she's she's a planeswalker that doesn't have an ultimate. There there are some that don't. Um her three is just extra value if you have enough mana. Like this is a pl like you can use her minus three if you have if you stick this 
if you stick Liliana untouched by death on turn like six or seven, you know, minus three her, get back a, a one mana zombie and a two mana zombie. There you go. Generate yeah, some like, death or generate some value out of it. <laughs> I said death. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She's, um, uh, she's very interesting. She She's definitely something that she will not win you the game when you stick her. You need support first. Yeah, there's a lot of times where you'll see people playing Planeswalker and talk about how the this Planeswalker wins the game on their own. Uh, current examples of that include things like Teferi or Chandra, where fun, you, know, fun you fact, leave them unchecked. Yeah. Fun fact, they just all, the game. Yeah, she's also a non-bow with Ithereth because Ithereth, Ithereth makes them corpses, and corpses are not zombies. So, yeah. There's some fun interplay with that. Well, she does. Um, well, anyways, moving I don't on. think yeah. I don't think she's bad. I don't think she's Liliana is the most narrow planeswalker they've printed in a while outside of Nissa Ravain. Yeah. So that's fine. Yeah. I mean, like, look, there are, there are people who get their kicks off of, again, we said zombie commander decks. Liliana untested by death is just a slam inclusion in those decks. There are some people who like zombie tribal for their casual decks. Liliana's getting those. She's good at what she does. If you care about zombies, Liliana's good. If you and don't she, care about zombies, she straight does nothing. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and jump all the way down to uh, the Red Planeswalker. Uh, because this one... This one drew some unfair comparisons, I think, to another Red Planeswalker who costs similar amounts of mana. You mean one uh, less, though? Sure. Uh, Sarkin Fireblood is one red red for a three loyalty Planeswalker, legendary Planeswalker Sarkin at Mythic. Uh, he has a plus one. You may discard a card if you do draw a card. He has another plus one. Uh, add two mana in any combination of colors. Uh, this Spend this mana only to cast dragon spells. And then minus seven, create four, five, five red dragon creature tokens with flying. And people were comparing him to Tybalt, and I think that's unfair. I would kind of agree. So, I don't know. He... He doesn't really protect himself the turn if he try if he tries to take him turn three, he doesn't protect himself. Period. That is correct. He does if not protect himself. The looting isn't bad. Right. But that ultimate though is nuts. Yeah. So my argument as to why Sark and the Fire why Sark and Fireblood is better than you think. Uh, right now, he's not going to see any play. I do not anticipate him seeing play unless there is some sort of three-color dragons deck where you want to curve Sarkin into any of the uh, Elder Dragons. Uh, we're not going to talk about many of them, We are talk- except we talked about Nicobolus. Um But my argument is that once rotation happens, once Gills of Ravnica comes out and Kaladesh and Amaket leave us, there's a void now for Red Planeswalkers. Um... That Sarkin fits in very nicely. His plus one is not as good as Chandra's, but it helps you get acceleration through your deck. It helps you find more things to do. And he's only three mana. He's going to be able to get under many of the counter spells that your control opponents are going to bring in against you. He's not a main deck card for Mono Red. He's a sideboard card. I've been calling him the Red Phyrexian Arena, which I know he's not. I know he's not. I know they do different things. I can hear you saying it now. But <laughs> functionally, Sorry. no, no, not you. I was talking to the to the listeners. Oh, okay. But functionally, 
that is effectively what he does. Like, I drew a land. Well, I don't want this land. Oh, hey, look, I drew, you know, Rekindling Phoenix or whatever it is. That's fair. I mean, I guess in your grind... He's not going to put the world on fire. Look, in your grindy grindy control matchups where your opponent's not playing creatures, and if you're able to slip this through, sure, that's great. Like, Sarkhan's going to just take over the game if they can't, like... So you're playing that blue white deck, deck right? Mm. Against against that blue white control deck, and you slip this bad boy under there. Like, what creatures are they playing? Karn, Karn, to- Karn tokens. Cool. You can just leave back a blocker for it. Blue like, white doesn't play Karns normally, though. Well, but you know what I'm saying. Like, what are they playing creature wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, right now they're playing like Caracals. Um, they sometimes play Knight of Glories. Okay, cool. You got blockers uh, for days for those. That's fine. Torrential Gear Hulk sometimes, depending on how they're feeling about the yeah, how quickly if, they can end games. If you're able to slip this bad boy under their counter magic, which probably that you're not going to do easily, but if you can slip this through and he goes unchecked to seven, like yeah, have fun dealing with twenty power on the battlefield. Like it's, bas- it's basically going to be you being like, here's twenty power. Do you have Wrath in hand? Yeah, or do you have Settle in hand? That's yeah. exactly what it is. And even then, at that point, if you think they have Settle and they've been feigning as if they have Settle, you just swing one in. Just chip yeah. one in. It's a token. Cool. Exactly. I mean, granted, you can also have them try to chip away at those tokens with their Teferi Bounce, but still, you're going to, mm-hmm. like, it's still great. Uh, yeah. I do agree with you on that. Like, when you bring it up that way and you bring it up from that standpoint, there's a cyborg card specifically for that kind of matchup where a comp- opponent is going creature light. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Slam them in there. Speaking of creatures, uh, we're kind of jumping through the list because I do like to keep these under an hour. Or I try Time to consideration. Well, we briefly mentioned we mentioned the impulse effect. Well, the next one we had on the list was Elvish Rejuvenator. Two, th- two and a green for a 1-1 one, one Elf Druid. That impulses-ish. It's five cards, though. And you may put a land card from among them on the battlefield tapped. You can whiff. Cool, but you can ramp. It also hits any land, so you can hit something like a dual land, a fetch land, a scry land, a tron land. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, it's pretty cool. Um, it's a fixed Farhaven elf, is what uh, Ethan was saying in terms of you know cutting down on the shuffling. So instead of looking for your library for a basic land card, you can just look at the top five for any land card, which yeah, I think is a fair trade. Absolutely. All said. Next. Yeah, this is this one had had me kind of really excited because it's a dinosaur and I love dinosaurs. It's Gigantosaurus, and then uh, I realized that there was a minor um, kerfuffle about how it's not spelled correctly to be a true dinosaur question mark. Uh, but anyways, that's kind of silly. Uh, it is a ten ten for five mana at rare. Good job. You said five mana. Yeah, it's all of it. All of it's green. Quintuple pips. Five green mana. Hey, also, John, what's in standard yeah. right now? Is there isn't there a mono green deck in standard that there, just there doesn't is, care? There is, there is Steel Leaf Stompy. That is true. There is it, it, it plays uh, Steel Leaf Champion, which is green, green, green for a five four that uh, can't be chump blocked by a creature with the power two or less. I'm gonna see this a lot, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be dumb dude this card is gonna be stupid and limited and like stupid in a good way it's just gonna be fun we're gonna be like uh 10 10 it's no gonna text. be the abyss that's what it's gonna be it's like 10 10 at your face 
Jump your creature. 10-10 at your face. It's so... Oh my god, it's going to be great and I love it. John's going uh, to get so tilty and limited to that card. It's going to be ridiculous and I love there's it. There's an aura that gives a creature plus one plus one unblockable. Ugh. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Uh, the real reason I put it on the list, besides the fact that it's a five mana 10-10, uh, is the Vivian Reed flavor text, uh, who we don't have on the list, but Vivian Reed's the new Planeswalker. I think we might have talked about her previously. I don't remember. I think so. Uh, she might have been the first. No, it was the other Vivian that was. Anyway, real quick on yeah, Vivian. Three yeah. three green green, five uh, loyalty, Legend of Planeswalker. Vivian, look at the top four cards. Your library. Hey, look, there's Impulse again. Uh, you may reveal a creature or land card from among them. Put it on your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in random order. Uh, minus three, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Dece. Minus eight, you get an emblem with creatures you control. Have plus two, plus two, vigilance, trample, indestructible. Super Dece. Yeah. Uh, plus, she has, a, she has a bow in her art, so of course she's going to be able to deal with flyers. Uh, but Gigantosaurus, as well as many other, a few other creatures in the set, have Vivian Reed flavor text uh, for this one. Each tooth is the length of a horse, and new ones grow in every 16 days. Let's get a closer look. Because uh, Vivian got- Reed is literally just the Steve Irwin of, of yeah. the Magic Multiverse. Yeah, Magic Mice was saying Steve Irwin or David Attenborough. Basically, yeah. take your pick of ridiculous accent that deals with creatures in the natural world. Vivian mm-hmm. Reed is that person in magic. And my God, I'm happy we have that particular kind of green planeswalker now. Yeah, because this is, Garrick this is, is very is much great. the hunter. Garrick is very much the hunter, the, the one who, you know, is all about the hunt. Uh, Nissa is the elementalist. Uh, she's very much about being in tune with nature from an elemental perspective. Vivian's Vivian? just your nature. Vivian's your nature girl. Vivian just wants to pet everything, pet all the animals, pet them all, and then doesn't like, matter. Take them into her bow and teeth? then shoot them at people. <laughs> she takes their think- essence and shoots it at people. It's great. It's true. Speaking of dinosaurs that um, are going to be really interesting, Runic Armasaur. Yeah, this is uh, this was mentioned seeing yeah. some some play. Yeah, this was previewed by I believe a Italian or a Spanish uh, video uh, YouTube series. Uh, Ian, what does the Armasaur do? So Runic Armasaur is a, from Ixalan. Surprise! It's a one green green two five dinosaur. Whenever an opponent activates an ability of a creature or land that isn't a mana ability, you may draw a card. Remember, kids, mana abilities are abilities that make mana. Not ones that cost mana. I had to correct someone about that the other day. So... so Riddick Armasaur doesn't turn off Llanowar Elves. Or doesn't draw cards off of Llanowar Elves. Uh, it dr- does draw cards off of Escanta the Sunken Ruins. It draws cards off of... Um, walking Ballista Hazard, Activations. Walking Ballista. Um, a lot of things. And also it's got to be creatures in play. Not like... Not an eternalized thing or a um Hey John, question for you. What lands are popular in eternal formats that don't produce mana abilities, but you see them in every deck? Wasteland. Fetch lands, bro. Also fetch lands. That too. Fetch lands. Um, like literally you draw a cart, your opponent fetches draw a cart. You know what my big issue with this is? What? It's got five toughness. It's got a booty. I I can't I I can't I can't deal with that. <laughs> it's hard to, so, that's a card this card is this is a card that if it sticks is going to be so hard to get rid of f- five's like so much dude like 
two five for three is great. Like just all right, abilities alone, two five for three. That's an amazing wall. Like thrashing Brontodon is already annoying as a three mana three four. This is a two five. It might not stuff five. might not be stuff might not be dying as much, but this stops like so many creatures. Five. Why is it five? Wizards, wizards, wizards. Why does it have five toughness? Because they hate mono red. But why? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, dude, Runic Armistar is so sweet. I love that card. Yes. It's a very interesting ability too. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where it sees play. Also, uh, be prepared. Be prepared for so many judge calls for people who don't understand mana abilities. Just yeah. already be prepared. Sorry, judges. Like wizards is having a laugh at your expense on this one. Uh, speaking of cards that hate everything that I like, uh, Amulet of Safekeeping is a two-mana artifact at rare and has two lines of text. The easier line of text to understand is creature tokens get minus one, minus zero, because apparently tokens were pretty insane during FFL testing. Yeah, everyone's like, uh, what creature deck did FFL find that they print Chain, uh, chain Whirler and this card in back-to-back sets? Uh, I don't know. But anyway. its other ability is the one that also has me peeved, uh, which is whenever you become the target of a spell or an ability and opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless its controller pays one. Lol storm. So what you're saying <laughs> is if that if I want to kill my opponent, I have to generate enough storm and enough mana after I storm off to pay for every point of damage I want to deal to my opponent. And the funny part is, is everyone's just like, oh, well, Storm should just play Echoing Truth. And I'm like, well, we do. Right. I mean, I know you do. I'm just saying, like, all right, cool. Still, you got to, like, spend mana to bounce it. And then, yay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's essentially what's going to happen, like, with this and Damping's Matrix. It's going to be car. It's just going to be something like, okay, I got to bounce that. And I got to bounce that. And you basically, you basically have to add your bounce into your Storm count now. Also, Amulet Safekeeping hits Modern Storm both coming and going because it counters Grape Shot when it counters Empty the Warrens. Yeah, all those creature tokens are 1-1s. One it's true. Lol, got him. And I think it's going to be best just to end on a high note, Ian, because, my well, God. Let's, let's, let, we, can, we can hit the, the smaller one real quick, the, the tower. We can hit the tower Sure, first. sure. Reliquary Tower is being reprinted. Yay. Hey, you know what? Remember we were talking about reprints? Reliquary Tower somehow became a $5 card. Yeah, it's because it only printed like two times, and there's also this promo printing. By the way, it's kind of popular. By the way, foil of it, 12 bucks. So, hell yeah. Get yourself some standard uh, foils of those bad boys. And if, because... and if you don't know what it does, it's a uh, land. It's an uncommon. It taps for colorless mana, and you have no maximum hand size. So, the reason why foils are so expensive commander players love it because no maximum hand size anyway uh the other one you had on here was that weird detection tower oh yeah detection tower it's uh it hates boggles yeah so it hates boggles it's it's a land at rare you tap for colorless or for one and tap until end of turn your opponents and creatures they control with hexproof can be the target of spells and abilities you control as if they didn't have hexproof yeah which buddy. is real funny, having watched the Boggles mirror the previous day. Yeah, <laughs> or buddy. Like that. Yeah, buddy. Is this going to see play? Probably not. 
It's like a one or two. It's like a one or one free roll land, like in Tron or in a or in a deck that can easily find. Oh yeah, actually, Tron might play it just because they can tutor it up with their maps, and I think Boggles is a bad matchup for them anyway. Yeah, so they can like you know play you like you know turn one map, turn two, crack the map, grab this. Then be well, I was, like, I'm thinking more so they go like turn three Tron and they go Karn minus or whatever. Well, you need or to have Karn the map. plus. You need yeah, you need to have the ability out though. And the next turn you like play it, you turn off the hexproof on Boggle and you Karn it away. Yeah, something like that. Something dumb. Yeah. Anyway, the card we have two of these effects again in standard because we have Ramanop Excavator, but we're getting Crucible of Worlds back. It's Nobody saw this card coming. <laughs> no. Like, Mark Rose ought to put this and Scapeshift in the same article. We're just like, Wizards, are you okay? Do you have a fever or something? Do, like, you, do you need to stay home from school? Every, everyone's, everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? is a three-mana artifact at Mythic that says you may play land cards from your graveyard. That's yeah, it. and like I said, Ramanop Excavator is two and a green, two, three with the same you may play land cards from your graveyard. Everyone's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll take this on a body. It's great. A second Crucible that's tutorable by green decks. But Crucible was a $60 card. We're getting it reprinted in standard. It's also a really nice uh, Judge Foil in the old frame. Hey, John. Yeah? Uh, Just want to ask you, aren't you glad they banned Ramanop Ruin? I mean, I don't think I would play Crucible in Mono Red, but sure. I mean... Control deck, just bring in Crucible of Worlds and just ramen up them out. You just loop ramen up ruins all day. You're more likely going to see something like a Field of Ruin lock in Control. Yeah, that's true. Personally. Well, then you just um, get it back. Sure. Oh, you can yeah. cru- oh my god, you can Crucible of Worlds away like all their non-basics. Yeah. That's with, that's the that that's like with. a one of sideboard card and control decks for the specifically I think for the control mirror. So you can like field like field your dual land, field your dual land, field your Ascanta, field your dual land. And then you can just replay your dual lands back, meaning, you know, you don't yeah. lose all that value, plus you're only running so many basics. That's cool. Yeah. And that's all the uh, that's all the cards that uh <clears throat> that kind of caught our eye. And we have time uh, obviously for it. there's a a whole like there's the entire Elder Dragon cycle which is really cool. We didn't even uh, we touch didn't talk about any of the gold uncommons. Nexus of Fate. Oh yeah. Speaking of gold well, uncommons, Nexus of, Nexus of Fate is not in the booster packs. I know it's not. We didn't even talk about any of the dragons, dude. Like I know. there's like, all the Elder, the Elder are all sweet. Like Arcade is a strategist. We got a Bant Wall guy now. That's cool. Chromium looks Chrome. sweet. Chromium the Mutable, new Esper finisher. Palladium Wars hates everyone. Victus Asmati also hates everyone. Then we got Poison Tip Archer, which is really sick. Two green, black, two, three, reach, death touch. Like, yo. Like, people were, like, at the pre pre release, people were like, yeah, I'm just playing one of these colors, so I'm splashing it. Get in there. Yeah. Uh, also, I think we have one of the few times where a card's name is the exact same as its creature type line in Skeleton Archer. It's three and a black <laughs> for a three, three, three creature, Skeleton Archer. It's a common. It Dude, they, the battlefield. It deals one damage to any target. I just want to say, I didn't think I would miss them, but holy crap, I missed corsets. Yeah, it, it, it's very much looking like kind of just like a breath of, breath of fresh air. Just like, don't have to worry about all these themes. It's just going to be pretty straightforward. Um, there's just some like this nice cards. Like, and there's a bunch of cards that we didn't even get a chance to talk about that I'm really excited about that 
like, for example, Alpine Moon, Banefire, Dark Dwell or Dark Dweller Oracle, Demanding Dragon. Dude, Omen uh, Speaker's back. Shock's still going to be in standard in which Kaladesh rotates because alongside that's back. Lightning Strike. Yeah, like we're keeping a lot of these like decent cards. I mean, hell, just for pure favor alone, totally lost. Everyone's favorite homunculus, Fibblethip's back. Yeah, Fibblethip. See, the great the great part about um, core sets is that while it does can still forward the story, you can still bring in some of these really crazy off-the-wall reprints. Yeah. Or new scalpels that standard, or like we've seen in this set, modern might need for various reasons. Yeah, right. Oh, wait. Didn't they also print, uh, what's it called? Hmm? Um, Yeah, gutter snipe. Freaking gutter snipe's back. The two in a red, two, two, whenever you cast instant sorcery, deals two damage to each opponent. Like, Mm -hmm. goblin deck? Eh... Just playing spells? Sure, why not? Yep. Got some more Sphinxes back in the de- in here. Like, I know I loved uh, Horizon Scholar. That's back. Yeah, you thought Cloud Reader Sphinx was good. Dude, like, this set is looks great, and it's going to be yeah. fun. I hope I have time to draft it. Let's put it that way. I regret not having enough time to draft Dominaria. Well, you are moving, so... And to be fair, when I move, there's one of the apartment complexes I'm looking at is really, really close to a game store. So that'll be think nice. That'd be sweet if I could just walk or ride my bike to a game store. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that should do it for the episode. Um, I think so too. Yeah, I'm so like- really enjoying. I'm really enjoying. Uh, what we're getting from Core, I do appreciate too. Uh, I know if anyone Wizards is watching, really appreciate Ethan. Uh, given us some Twitter insight into why they were doing certain cards is not just for articles. It's kind of cool getting more flavor, especially the impulsing thing and other certain things. So keep it up. I'm liking it. So Ian, if people wanted to find you on social media to see how that move's going, where can they do so? You guys can follow me and my move. Yay. At twitter.com slash Dixon IJ. That's D I X O N I J. And you guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dicks. Again, currently on a hiatus um however heavy slanted bold underlined however i know i keep saying this there's a certain friend of ours that's in town this weekend that i might try to do a cube draft stream of i mean he enjoys he enjoys pack one pick ones and he enjoys doges so yeah we'll see we'll see i'm gonna try I, I highly doubt he would not want to do it, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. I'm also on Twitch by the same handle. Uh, if you see me hanging around Twitch chats, don't hesitate to say hi. Uh, just, started, just started a new job on uh, Tuesday, which is uh, impeding some of that time, but I'm just getting acclimated to the new job and figuring things out there. Plus, the RPTQ last weekend was kind of rough. Because but I hooray do for the entire job. drive home on – oh, yeah. Thank you very much. And I do the entire ride home 10 hours from Dallas with no AC. Yeah, that was – oof. Yeah, you told me that. I was like, oh, my God. Because I still live in Texas, so I know how bad it is in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, if you want to reach the podcast directly, you can do so in two ways. You can either hit us up on Twitter at Eyes on the Mize or you can shoot us a more personal question at Eyes on the Mize at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next time. Mm-hmm.